1: Hi everybody, this is Fox 2's Roop Raj. on the May 25th edition of Let It Rip. We took on the gun laws that were just signed into law by Governor Whitmer, basically the red flag laws. Will they make a difference? We have prosecutors from both sides weighing in, plus someone from the faith-based community who has a very interesting opinion, and Congresswoman Haley Stevens. Republicans and Democrats battle it out. And with that... Let's let it rip tonight on let it rip the mass shootings at Oxford High School and more recently at Michigan State University, plus countless others across the nation, all leading to this Governor Gretchen Whitmer signing sweeping new laws. She says will get guns out of the hands of people who can do harm.
2: Extreme risk protection orders. We have a
3: mechanism to step in and save lives.
1: But for as much support as there's been, there's also pushback. One Metro Detroit sheriff says he won't enforce them. And that county declaring itself a constitutional county, saying it won't support laws they think violate the Second Amendment. So how much wiggle room do prosecutors and sheriffs really have? And what will this law actually do? The debate starts right now. I'm not LET IT RIP. two all-star panels tonight on this topic. In studio with us is Black Bottom Gun Club president J- Chad King, Washington County Prosecutor Ali Savitt, Brendan Boudreau with the National Association for Gun Rights, and live from D.C. Congresswoman Haley Stevens, and of course the one and only Fox Two anchor and attorney who's running and gunning from the streets of Metro Detroit back to Studio A here for a, an important discussion. The governor, uh, of course, uh, signed into law this important bill that many people will say will help prevent people from. From dying Chad King uh, your thoughts about what the governor signed is this going to help I don't know that it will
4: um, I-, I do understand some of the rationales to why it may have been signed. I think if the end result is to save lives, then I can understand that being the impetus for signing it. However, I do believe that it's wrong. It's the wrong thing to do. It's wrong-headed because it abdicates responsibility. It abdicates the political responsibility to address the root causes that are much further upstream than the piece of metal or plastic or taking away someone's rights. And so that, for me, is is the major problem that I have with it. Uh, additionally. I think that there are issues with the enforcement of it. I don't know, and I cannot trust, and I know there are several people that won't trust, how it will be enforced, will it be equitably enforced? Right now, in the states that do have red flag laws, we have 90 percent of red flag uh, warrants that are issued are instituted or are are requested by law enforcement. I think this will disproportionately impact poor people and disproportionately impact those who are of marginalized or minority communities. That's an
1: important point that we want to get right to uh, Congresswoman Hilley's Stevens, Congresswoman from uh, D.C., this legislation—some people are calling knee-jerk. Uh, they're saying that this will disproportionately affect uh, low-income folks. In fact, I know uh, in some of the states that actually did this, they talked about a 90 percent, uh, you know, rate at which judges were saying yes, we have to do this, but only 80 percent of the people—80 percent of the people didn't have attorneys in these low-income neighborhoods. So it just is taking guns away uh, arbitrarily. Do you believe that?
2: Well, let's start at the top. This has been. An incredibly historic week in Michigan and my colleagues in the Gun Violence Prevention Task Force were applauding our governor, our lieutenant governor, our attorney general, and recognizing signing that bill in Royal Oak, Michigan, alongside State Senator Mallory McMorrow and Oakland County's treasurer, Robert Wittenberg, who years and years ago, when he was in the state house, he authored this legislation, so this isn't knee jerk. Many have been working on this for a long time, and I have trust and faith in our speaker, our state house speaker, Joe Tate, who reconciled, I think, some of the inequity challenges and making sure, right, that we have proper criminal justice that isn't just targeting one segment of our population. We are obviously in Michigan reeling from the aftermath of Oxford and what happened at MSU, but also every other day suicides that are happening. The number one killer of kids in the United States of America is guns.
1: But Congresswoman, up, let's. you semantics. mentioned Oxford, Congresswoman, excuse me for interrupting, mm-hmm. but I want to get sure. to some really important points here. Uh, Oxford, and you look at Ethan Crumley, you look at his parents, mm-hmm. who would have helped if this law was in place in Michigan during that time to stop Ethan Crumley from doing what he did?
2: Four precious lives at Oxford High School, students who I marched with when they were in middle school who were in that high school when this happened, traumatized individuals, educators. And so, yes, there's extreme risk protection orders, but there's now also safe storage, Rube. This is a major triumph. and. We can lower these indicators. We can lower these instances. I got a stack of letters sitting on my desk. Would this have taken the gun away?
1: Would this have taken the gun away from Ethan Crumbley? If this law was in place in the state of Michigan, would Ethan Crumbley's gun not have been in his hands that morning? That's the question that we're asking.
2: Well, I certainly can't speak to those specific circumstances, but what I do know is laws that require people to lock up their guns and require parents to lock up their guns may have made a difference. We cannot go back in time Rube. You and I know this. Congresswoman Stevens, we're
1: gonna be, we be talking to you more about this. We're gonna be talk to you more about this in just a moment here. Let's get right to uh, Mr. Boudreaux, Brendan Boudreaux. Uh, this is an important topic. Living- Livingston County's prosecutor says, you know what, I'm not gonna enforce this. Uh, is that the best way to just say i'm not going to enforce it if indeed it could save lives you hear the congresswoman saying this could save lives why would we do anything less than what they're saying to help save lives.
5: Well, I think what we've seen with the red flag laws that have actually passed across this country is that it's a mix of results at best. And I think that it's reasonable for prosecutors and for sheriffs and law enforcement to ask the question, is this worth trampling on half the Bill of Rights? There are serious due process concerns with these laws. Uh, there's actually two rulings that have come out of New York State now from their Supreme Court who have ruled against red flag laws because of the due process violations that these laws have. and it's. New York's law is very similar to what Michigan just passed and it's it's interesting that one of the cases that's actually uh, working through the courts there is a case exactly what we're concerned about is a red flag law being abused it's a, a boyfriend using a red flag law to disarm an ex-girlfriend and now we're working through the court system to make sure that she has her her rights back so
1: I- let's talk about the specifics of how that works in Michigan right now the way the law is and Charlie I want to bring you in this one I want to talk to Ali real quick here is a problem. Prosecutor in Washington County, could could this be used as retaliation from one family member to another? If someone is angry or upset at their loved one, maybe a estranged spouse, someone they're not happy with, and they say, "Hey, this guy's a danger," boom, the gun's taken away.
6: Are you worried about that? You know, I'm not particularly worried about it, and I'll why tell you I, I, I'll tell you why. First of all, it is true that family members, uh, intimate partners, spouses can file for an order under the red flag law, but that's because oftentimes those folks are in the best position to know if a loved one or you know a former dating partner is dealing with a mental health crisis, right? Has been making threats, has been Googling, and this is a great example of where the red flag law can be used, has been Googling how to shoot up a school. I want to be clear, there's nothing to prosecute if you're just Googling that, right? But I think everybody can agree that's a red flag, and if you know that, then you can file for a uh, order under the red flag law. Now you asked about retaliation, and and, and look, you know, uh, this is something that could come up in any context in the legal system. Somebody can always file a lawsuit that's improper, but we rely on judges who are neutral arbiters to issue the final ruling that's what this red flag law does and in addition I'll note that there are criminal penalties for making a false statement in support of an application under the Charlie, red flag law Charlie in Florida
1: only law enforcement officers can petition a court for this type of activity is that the way to go
0: no, not necessarily. I agree, I think, with uh, Ali saying that the best people that are in the position to know if someone has a mental illness is someone that's very close to the people. Here's the thing I, I think everyone on this panel, I think everyone on this panel agrees that somebody with a mental illness should not have a gun. Done. The issue is how do we prevent that? What is the best way to take away the guns from someone that shouldn't have them without trampling on their rights? And if we're talking about due process, I think we have to let this play out. I think we have to rely have a judge to make a decision that is going to be in the best interest of the overall situation. If we equate this with PPOs, there are there could be a lot of abuse of PPOs. Mm. If I don't like you and you're my neighbor, sure. I'm going to file a PPO. Well, we have to rely that and, and trust that judges are going to do the right thing. And I think we have to give this time to see how this works now. You have a right to a hearing. You'll have a right to state your case. It may be difficult for people, but I do think that we have to let this play out.
1: Congresswoman, I want to get back to that point about what's going on in southwest florida right now 80 percent of the people who were involved with this red flag law in florida didn't have lawyers but judges took away guns 90 percent of the time don't you think that's an injustice to people who just don't have money
2: well i think there are a lot of injustices going on in florida Uh, and certainly there's a failure of leadership taking place there right now and as a national lawmaker I'd like to remind everybody that we passed in a bipartisan way last year, just just under a year ago, a bipartisan common sense gun safety package that does what? almost a billion dollars allocated across the states to properly implement these red flag laws, extreme risk protection order laws. And I know under State Representative Kelly Breen's leadership on the Judiciary Committee, they analyzed this, they went through this, they held committee hearings. And so those dollars that we're now gonna allocate at the federal level that Michigan now qualifies for because we have those monies, this is gonna ensure equity, this is gonna ensure fairness. And, you know, Mr. Boudreaux, is talking about rights we have rights to make sure that people can live peacefully a buffalo shooting you know people of color being attacked students in uvalde children i have letters on my desk from teachers from students saying please do something the urgency for families is palpable it is unacceptable six countries issued warnings about coming to the United States because of our gun, gun violence problem. We gotta do something. And so,
1: Chad, one of the things people are saying you gotta do is is make sure this law is enforced the right way, and they're saying the governor did the right thing. Look, you look at Florida as a, as a state on both sides that conservatives can tout as being you know very conservative, doing the right thing, and then some people are saying, look, their red flag law is working, including in one case in October, a 17-year-old student threatened to, to kill a bunch of students at Siegel Alternative High School. And he threatened to do it and the red flag law stopped him from doing it. If one school shooting is prevented, isn't a law like this worth it? No. Um,
4: and I'll say it, I'll say it this way. Um, I think that all of us will agree that we are steadfastly against the criminal misuse of firearms, right? I think that all of us will agree as well that we want to make sure that all of our rights are, are held safe and we can, everyone can exercise those rights uh, in the way that they deem fit to as long as it doesn't infringe on the rights of other people. Where the red flag law, what that does, it abdicates and, and tramples on the second amendment, fourth amendment, fifth amendment, and the 14th amendment. Uh, And so if you're talking about one law that is going to
1: disenfranchise people, uh, I have a problem with that. Ellie, five separate amendments, he said, are
6: violated over here. You're a prosecutor right there in Washington County. You don't see any of that? No, I disagree with that. There is due process baked into this law. Again, there's hearings. A judge has to decide that you pose a risk to yourselves or others. And that's the process that you get in the PPO process, that's the process you get in civil confinement laws there is no due process problem here and twenty-one states now have red flag laws and the only court that has questioned it you mentioned it's the supreme court of new york that's right supreme court is the trial level court of uh, new york it's not the highest court in the land so we've got one trial court from across the united states of america that has actually even questioned the constitutionality of these laws
1: Brendan, we only have a few seconds left are you willing to see if this works and are you hopeful that this will prevent someone from getting hurt
5: no and i and, and unfortunately i don't think it's going to. I think we've seen just in the last year several states who have passed red flag laws who are still having these incidents happen. And again, I agree with Chad. We're trampling over several constitutionally protected rights. And the the issue about due process. The judges in New York said that there's more due process in the mental health system than there is. Uh, there's more due process rights for, to, for a 48 hour hold, whereas you're losing gun rights for weeks possibly uh, under red flag laws.
1: An important discussion that we're going to continue. I want to thank Brendan Ellie Savitt, Chad King, and of course. Congresswoman Haley Stevens for joining us from Washington. Thank you for being a part of this very critical discussion. The conversation is not over. After the break, we're joined by a prosecutor from the other side of the political aisle as well as an activist in the faith-based community to talk about the impact these new laws should have. That debate when we come back. Back now on Let It Rip, keeping the conversation going on the new red flag law in our state with Macomb County Prosecutor Pete Lacido and Episcopal Diocese of Michigan Bishop Bonnie Perry and of course Fox 2 Anchor and Attorney Charlie Langton. Thank you all for joining us today. Let's begin with the bishop you heard over and over again in the first part of our discussion about how this is a violation of the Second Amendment. Do you see any credence to that? Do you see how that could be true?
3: you know i'm I'm the daughter of a marine lieutenant colonel i um, i honor the second amendment and what i'm really clear about is a person of faith is i have seen a number of people who were dying senselessly and needlessly and it is clear to me that the red flag laws are going to be able to stop some of that not all of it but they're going to be able to stop <clears throat> some of it. i think there's due process i believe the prosecutor i think that we've got that in place and I believe this is a step to take because, quite frankly, I am tired of burying children. The number one cause of death right now in the state of Michigan and in our country are firearms for our kids. We can do better. And I think this is a start.
1: Prosecutor lacido you hear this uh, rally cry all the time from so many people who say, hey, we got to do more. And then you hear Republicans say, mental health, mental health, mental health. But well, what about the guns? Isn't there something that can be done to help prevent even one person from dying? Law-abiding
7: citizens follow the law. Criminals break the law. The guns are plentiful because we are a nation of dollars here in America. So we're selling more guns to this country than any other country. Check the numbers. In addition, the ones that we have coming through the Macomb County Prosecutor's Office, these are felons carrying these weapons. But we have adult protective services that have been around Roop for years. And we should be utilizing that telephone when a family member, a loved one that would know about mental health issues, call Doll Protective Services, ask them at that time, we need to go remove the gun, and they'll bring the police out there. That should have been and could have been and is in place for years. You're shaking your head, Bishop.
3: Yeah, no, because I have parishioners and they had triplets. And 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 Karen was calling the police and calling the police and saying that her child had issues and that she should not have her guns. And the police said, "We cannot do anything about it," and they wouldn't take the guns. Charlie, and a, now a police
1: f- officer can't remove the gun necessarily without not again. Well, now under this not law, but I'm saying before again. that this law but under- would
3: prevent. Three people are now dead, and this is a woman and a father, and father and mother who are missing two out of their three so, kids.
1: So, uh, adult one-on-one well, uh, on one prosecutor, adult prosecutor adult tra- uh, protective services. Why can't they just do the job that this law is doing? Charlie, is there a reason? You mean adult protective services? I mean, Saying, so, so, taking a gun away.
0: Well, uh, so if I think you have mental health uh, I- an issue, I can uh, now, if I, and you have a gun, I can do two things. I can go and get a, a red flag law in an order and remove your guns, but I can also do a commitment hearing. And I can commit you, assuming all the factors play out. I do think that we should think about commitments as opposed to use, use that more. It's the people we're talking about here. And we're talking about, There's a, you have to prove that the person is not capable of having a gun. Well, if that's the case, if they have mental illness, let's commit that person. Let's get that person the help they need. The gun, to me, is, is secondary. And I think that we've got other issues to deal with. The police, and there's logistics, and there could be some due process, and time. But
1: in Florida, the only person who can do this is someone who's in law enforcement here in Michigan under this law now. You're saying a family member could do this. And, you know, and, 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 and Bishop, no, no we're not. There's, there's some concern. I, and, I, and She
3: made those calls over and over again. They made the calls.
1: Do you think that this can be abused by a family member who's upset or angry at a percent. 100%, 100%. 100%. I want the Bishop to be able to have a chance to answer that. Do you think and that could be th- a problem? You
3: know, I think it is possible, and I believe this is also another avenue for saving people, right? I mean, I'm also thinking about folks you know I had um, one of my clergy colleagues um, really dear friend took their own life by gun Right? this is a way these are times when people are in crisis and if we can intervene for a moment then we can change that right using guns is so effective seven months ago
1: in a state far away in Florida a seventeen-year-old Planned on shooting up a school called Siegel Alternative High School, Prosecutor Lucido. This is in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Because of the red flag law, even the conservative judge there said it was because of that law that that seventeen-year-old was unable to 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 shoot up a school. If we can prevent one school shooting, isn't that enough to have this law in place? It's always enough. It's always enough. It's timing with anything. Mm -hmm. If
7: we would have had a assessment done. On the shooter at MSU, we would have had a chance to review that he was suffering from depression because of the loss of his mother, and we would have had a chance to correct that. Maybe all of these individuals need to be assessed when a family member makes that statement. But taking a gun out of there is a good start, and I agree with the Bishop. It's not the be all end all. We need to remove the person that has the mental illness from the home because if they have four hundred guns i'm going to tie up a lot of resources And isn't the person that's in possession of the weapon if we take the person out we've just eliminated anybody
1: using that gun but i didn't hear that as part of the bill and that's where we have this issue that we hear a lot of the rally cry from the other side Bishop saying we have to do more with mental health. Well, this state we, this state is lacking in mental do health facilities. We have to right? do more
3: with mental health and each time it comes up to be funded the legislation, the legislature prior to the current one voted against it I voted against expanding Medicaid voted against the Affordable Care Act expanding Medicaid which is where most of the mental health funding Prosecutor, is. Prosecutor
1: Lucita do you think it's a little bit interesting or ironic or strange that sometimes it's Republican lawmakers who aren't doing more when it comes to reinstating mental health institutions in this state when it was a Republican governor named Governor Engler in the 90s who shut them down. So why didn't we get it done last term of the
7: Democratic governor she has now the House and the Senate. It was divided. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Here's what the reality is. If we do Medicaid expansion more and more, let's make sure that the money is going to where it's supposed to go and i didn't hear that from the bishop i wish i did to hear let's narrowly define it in the law where it's going and what it's going to pay for
0: that's the benefit let's let's take a situation someone is depressed they have a gun you get a red flag law the cops go in there and remove the guns that person is still depressed right and now what do you do to that person can they go out the next day and get another gun
7: absolutely charlie and that's the problem what do you do though here the reason the person has the mental illness or is at least depressed is because maybe they need medication, maybe they need to have some counseling then and there, maybe they need to be separated from the family that may be causing this. I don't hear that. What well, I hear is, do you the support expanding Medicaid to take care of those People, for mental they, they, illness? Absolutely. You would. One hundred percent. Well,
1: he's no longer are. a member of the legislature, but he's a prosecutor. <laughs> <laughs> he Can't say that now. No, I was just thought
7: you're a legislator. Of the, of. The, 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 is, the reality is, we see wasted dollars on a lot of things. This is not a waste when it spent appropriately and evenly. Remember, Roop, those that do not have should be given the help. When you take a gun and you don't have a lawyer, it's a property taken. You're still going to have to hire a lawyer. So
1: now that we know that mental health is obviously one of the big things that we have to address here, and you hear, you, I hear you saying that, why isn't the, the the republican side of this legislature doing more to rush some stuff in there to get some help and i can't answer that i'm not there i'm in here right now talking to you about but you would call
7: a the mental health that, right? issue about taking a gun from somebody mentally ill i wouldn't want to be that police officer sure. knocking on that door saying i'm here to take your guns
3: But the difference is we have the same level of mental health illness in our country as other countries do in the world what we have is the difference is the ready access to guns. Mm-hmm. That is the difference. Would you ban all guns? No. No, so no! absolutely. So, so, are you kidding? So, have you been on 96? I do not want any more deers on the front of the hood of my Buick.
1: <laughs> You're all for the hunting. You <laughs> don't care you about I am happy have the deer
3: dead. There is
1: an actual right. civil liberties issue here that many people are saying is not being addressed, and that is the access to legal help when someone comes after you and your guns. If we know in Southwest Florida that 80% of the people whose guns were taken away, didn't have lawyers, and yet there was a ninety percent rate in which judges took them away. Mm. That's a huge disparity, and that just isn't fair. And it, it's un-American. Many would argue. Mm. Would we we need, need more lawyers? That. Apparently. Mm. Well, apparently in that area, <laughs> the numbers yeah, are going that, down. Well, well affordable lawyers, right? But Bishop, do you I, see that? Do you see the civil liberties issue I, here?
3: I can see it, and this is what I know: is that is that in another congregation friends these are three congregations in the last 8 months in another congregation someone called and said the husband of so and so just shot her he's a convicted felon there was a gun in the house and now she's now she's dead right if we could have the the way to get in and to stop this then then more people I know this sounds simplistic friends but more people would be alive and as a person of faith this feels like a simple choice to me i need folks breathing
1: that is something that i think everybody agrees on how to get there is a different different stance depending on who you speak with bishop and mr lucido we're going to be back on the other side of this break with some final thoughts Final thoughts, uh, Pete Lucido.
7: You know, everybody has a solution, but we haven't tested this solution just yet. I know time is going to tell, and I would hope that we would remove the person that is the problem Mm -hmm. and the weapons would remain so that it wouldn't cost resources and time so much. But let's stop the gun violence, please, once
1: and for all. Prosecutor Lucido, thank you always for your time and your passion to want to do the right thing. We appreciate seeing you here today. Bishop.
3: I very much agree with the prosecutor. Let's stop the gun violence. Let's stop that. Let's keep our people alive, and then we can work on moving forward with this. I agree Stop the gun Thank you. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Be <laughs> kinder, be better to one another in any way possible. It's good to be with you. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Let It Rip.
6: The Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, Twitter, or Fox2Detroit.com.